Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to welcome more gratitude into your life with Lori Seitz. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. You're totally going to love this interview. It is so rich with stories about the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur, someone who has to make a big decision about career direction the grief associated with the death of a parent, figuring out what you want to do next, and how beautiful opportunities seem to present themselves when your focus is in alignment. All this and more in one episode, if you can believe it. (laughs) But just quick, there are two things I want to tell you about. First, I want to make sure you know about a free gift that I have called What's a Good Passion Project for You? It's a great way to get you thinking about the kinds of things you've always loved and what that could mean to your overall happiness. All you have to do is head over to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash passion project 50. And that's five zero passion project 50. And you can download it there. And second, I have a new opportunity to tell you about. I have a sister podcast called Women in the Middle Entrepreneurs and I'm currently looking for guests. So if you're a woman in the middle who's 50 plus and also an entrepreneur or business owner who is actively dealing with navigating around and through classic midlife-related obstacles and challenges while you're trying to run your business, this new podcast is especially for you. So if you're interested in learning more about how to be a guest, head over to www.midlifeinterviews.com and apply. There's lots more information there so you can see if you're a good fit for this show. Okay, my friend, let me introduce you to my amazing guest on the podcast today. As I mentioned, this episode is about welcoming more gratitude into your life with Lori Seitz. She's the founder and CEO of Zen Rabbit and host of the podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word. An award-winning author, speaker, and broadcaster, Lori's on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what's going on. The high achievers come to her because they have a strong drive to be productive, but have trouble sleeping at the end of the day because they still don't feel accomplished enough. As a nationally recognized gratitude and meditation expert, Lori guides these entrepreneurs and business leaders from stressed and chaotic to peaceful and focused. Then they start seeing sales increase, relationships strengthen, and overall health improve. When she's not working, you can find Lori in her sanctuary, a.k.a. the weight room at the gym. She also loves cupcakes, Thai food, and classic rock. I know you're going to find her story really inspirational, and it'll give you lots to think about. So please enjoy this interview. Hi, Lori. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Thanks for having me, Susie. Very excited to have you in. Your story is really interesting, and we're going to totally dive into that. Plus, I love your experience and focus on gratitude, and I'm so excited to pick your brain and to really get into that. 
So let's start with just telling me a little bit about what it was like for you in your 40s and how you were living that kind of showed you that things had to change. Yeah, I had started my first business in, um, and I ran it for 11 years. I was actually making and marketing a product called the Gratitude Cookie. That was, yeah, I know, right? That's where my, kind of where my gratitude journey started. I love Uh, that. You're always on the right path. I always say that. We just don't see it, but it was there. Yeah, yeah. So this was based on a family recipe and I was marketing it as a way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and referral sources. I ran that business for 11 years and I couldn't quite scale it the way I would have liked to. So I ended up shutting it down. And at the same time that I was shutting it down, my mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia and passed away six weeks later. Wow. Wow. I'm so sorry. That is shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's it's coming up on nine years. I can't even believe it's been that long. But that was the time when I really started looking at my life and thinking, okay, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I lived the last 20? And that not that there was anything terribly wrong with the last 20, just how would I like it to be different moving forward? And would I like it to be different? And if I would, what does that look like? Yeah. And I guess the other thing is making a decision about closing your business is huge. So oh my gosh. It was how, so hard. I, I can't even imagine. Like one thing I experience often is that I collect lots of data. I'm doing all the right things, but I don't always look at the data and let the data inform my decisions. Like I I seem to go on a little too long. So that's one of the goals I have this year, actually. So I wonder what was happening for you 11 years. It wasn't growing the way you wanted it to grow, but what was it like for you to have that? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's not a problem I even want to fix. I, I tried. I'm not a big fan of the word try. I attempted. I did everything I possibly could think of to fix that business. I mean, maybe if I send out this direct mail piece, maybe if I post more on social, maybe if I go to this trade show, it was crazy. And actually one of my best friends, who's also an entrepreneur said to me, Lori, this is like watching you in an abusive relationship. And that, that, yes. So that was the really a key turning point, but it still took me another maybe six months to kind of marinate in that before I went, yeah, I think she's right. I need to. That is a powerful comment from a good friend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was, that was where it was like, okay, I, I really just can't sustain this anymore. And when you say that, is it the cash flow that you're making reference to, or is it the amount of energy personally? It was both. Mm. It was both because I was working all the time. I had invested a lot of my own personal money. There was debt on my credit cards that my husband at the time didn't know about. Wow. That's heavy. It's heavy duty. By itself, it's heavy duty. But then the stuff with your mom being so jarring. You know, that's really how I've come to think about a midlife funk. I like to call it a midlife funk, especially with women versus a midlife crisis. I always put like I'm doing the air quotes right now, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's jarring. Something happens. It's kind of like a wake up call or something jarring that is a jolt enough for you to shake your thinking. And 
I don't know. It, it kind of shakes you out of it. It's that autopilot questioning because otherwise we're we're unlikely to question all the stuff. We just keep mm-hmm. going. We love our productivity. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. That's a whole conversation. Yes, we love it. <laughs> how we've been trained since practically birth that productivity achievement and accomplishment is tied to our worth. Yeah. And that in order to be successful, and now I'm using air quotes, <laughs> you have to achieve stuff and constantly never just keep going. Like that's how, at least that's where I was coming from. And a lot of the people I've talked to a lot of women, especially, but men also have been conditioned. So our brains are wired to believe that if we're not producing, we're not worth anything. We have no value in the world. Yeah, it's really true. And the way we define productivity is so tied to widgets and the way the word productivity was originally defined. You know, it's we don't feel productive by raising healthy, contributive children. That doesn't create that feeling of productivity, even though that's an amazing achievement. Mm-hmm. You know, um, getting a kid off the payroll. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. You really launched a kid. Amazing. <laughs> um, OK, so one more question about that uh, transition point for you and that pivot. When you decided to close the business, were you thinking of it as a failure or a learning opportunity? As a failure, for sure. Wow. My identity was so tied to that business. That was part of the reason why it was so difficult to finally accept that it was time to shut it down because well, who am I now? Right. That's who I am. Everybody knows me as Zen Rabbit. It was Zen Rabbit Baking Company at the time. That's what everybody, that's who I am. So if I shut that down, then what? Then who am I? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So at that point, you didn't see the thread, the gratitude thread. It just felt like you're closing the thread. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have anything on the horizon. It wasn't like I was moving toward something else. Right. I was just shutting this down and and being completely like, oh, I have no idea what's happening next. Wow. That was, sounded and- like a scary time. Well, yes. And in hindsight, though, it it was a time that then allowed me to work through all the stuff with my mom. Like that was in yes. Florida. I live in Virginia. And so flying back and forth to manage that whole, the whole, um, everything, you know, in her condo and cleaning up stuff. And yeah. And it, so it allowed me to do it. My brother had a full-time job, so he could help where he could, but he lives in New Jersey. So yeah. So it was kind of a, I don't, a blessing. It was the yeah. timing was good because then I, I had the freedom to be able to manage that. Unbelievable. And I also, when I got laid off um, in 2013, <laughs> it, uh, it, you know, it feels so jarring and heavy and harsh. It feels mm-hmm. very harsh. But it also, in hindsight, it was the gift I couldn't give myself. Yeah. Right. So, of course, you can't have perspective when you're in the midst of the whole mess. But what a gift, what a blessing to be able to be there for your family when they really needed you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. So what happened next? (laughs) What happened next? I uh, so that transit, that point that was I took off about uh, 
almost a year of nice. just kind of doing nothing, but it wasn't like, I don't even remember what I was doing when I wasn't actually sorting through the 2,500 yards of fabric my mom had. Oh, was she a quilter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my, yes. I have family members who are quilters and oh my God, it is hilarious. But I'm kind of that way with paper and beads. Are so, you? Okay. Yeah. So what did you end up doing with it? Donating it to her quilting guild. Oh, so, so nice. Those women came over and helped like measure it and all the things. And Aww. then the clothes, like she, uh, yeah, it's just a lot. So, um, but at, shortly after that, I took a, a consulting job. So my background is marketing. I took a consulting job for a residential, not, they flip houses. So buy houses, flip them. Um, yeah, just to like have something to do and to make some money and to be able to pay off those credit cards. And <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's where I was for a couple of years. And then in uh, about four years after my mom passed, I decided that uh, staying in my marriage, which was fine, everything was fine. I'm going to move, but fine is not where I wanted to spend the rest of my life. So I left my marriage wow. of after 22 years, almost 30 years together, 22 years being married. I left. Um, I mentioned I live in Virginia. I moved to California for a year because I wow. needed some perspective. So why not go all the way across the country? Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And stayed there for a year and then came back to Virginia. But yeah, I mean, everything, the relationship wasn't serving either one of us. And we both knew it. And it had been a very long time that we knew it, but it was fine. That's, I think, a more difficult thing to walk away from. It felt very difficult to walk away from something that wasn't terrible. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, uh, that kind of language people use a lot with jobs. It's like everything looks good on paper. Mm -hmm. And it does look good on paper, but we're so, at this age, we are so uncomfortable wanting what we want and just allowing a desire to be the driver of a direction. You know, there has to be something wrong to yeah. justify versus just wanting something. Right. And that is your soul speaking to you. Yeah. That's where desire really comes from. It's not from an outside thing. So that's when you, that's the most important time to pay attention to it. It's so hard as women to do that. Um, but yeah, so you did it. You were listening. That's I, amazing. Well, I say that's was, productive. Was, I'm giving you a check mark for that. <laughs> Thank <Check>. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was speaking to me for a, a very long time and I wasn't paying attention. And yeah. I don't even remember exactly the point, the inflection point where it was like, all right, no, it's time to go. Because I spent a lot of, um, a lot of time crying hysterically about that decision. I'm sure it was hard. It was harder than mourning my mother's passing wow. because I didn't have anything to do with that. Like I wasn't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like I wasn't initiating that. Right. This takes a lot of courage. Yeah. It, that's what people said at the time. And I was like, no, I don't see it that way, but now I do. 
Well, and, yeah. and just to notice what you're thinking and to pause and like, let that be, uh, yeah. let that be something worthy enough to pay attention to. It's right. the skill that most of us don't have. You know, we've been so autopilot for decades and yeah. focused on the productivity. So once you ditched the job that was consuming the entrepreneurial thing, right. And your mother's passing was so jarring. It really set you up to be, uh, to notice, to notice your life. Yes. And after my mom passed and I closed that business, I came back to meditation. Oh. So my mom had introduced my brother and me to meditation when I was 10 years old. She took us to a meditation course that's now known as the Silva Method. Oh. So I had that as a foundation. Are you familiar with it? Uh, yes, I just purchased that whole Mind Valley thing because oh, of the cool. promotion that he did talking about the Silva method. I was blown away by it. I'm not that okay. familiar, but I, I do have it as something on my phone ready to dive into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really powerful. So I had that as a foundation, but I didn't practice it consistently. And after she passed, I came back to practicing meditation. Interestingly enough, it's that you mentioned Mind Valley because what brought me back into meditation was Vishen Lakiani, who's the founder of Mind Valley, his six phase meditation. Somehow I found that and started doing that consistently. Wow. And let's just pause for a second on how amazing your mother was to bring children along with her for that kind of an experience. My goodness. Yeah, actually, she had taken the course and then they had a, a special course for kids. Wow. That's something. Yeah, it really is. And I'm really grateful that she did that for us, that she saw that because it was really a great foundation. Yeah. Even and not it was using it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like I think of music that way sometimes. Like I learned to play saxophone when I was 10. And I've been in and out of bands over the years and I'm not currently playing right now, but I know it's there for me whenever I want it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So getting back into meditation allowed me to get, again, hear my inner voice more clearly. Wow. Oh, I, I'm just so touched that, that your mother had the foresight to do that. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody recently and they they I didn't see the connection but they were like oh so she took you to meditation so that you would have the tools to manage after she passed because that's what I came back to it and I'm like oh look at me now I'm like tearing up I know but, so am I <laughs> but yeah, yeah your mother's that's kind of how care it of you <laughs> yeah listen Jeez, my mother died cool. when I was five and I oh feel, my gosh I feel closer to her Something happened this year, uh, last within the cal within the year that really, um, I feel closer to her now than ever. Yeah. 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 They are for sure still around, just not just in a different form, different 100%. Form. Now yeah. look at us. See, I told you sure. I needed <laughs> tissue. Remember? <laughs> I had We're both sitting here me. like tearing up. Oh, geez. <laughs> Wow. This is good. This is good. It's so good. It is so good. All right. So you're ready for, it feels like then you were ready for a new chapter. So you found yes. meditation again. You got the clarity to move on from your husband. 
Yeah. You're in a J-O-B, not an entrepreneurial thing. Well, interestingly enough, that was consulting and I, oh. he, they wanted to hire me and I said, no, I'm going to stay a consultant and you're going to pay my company uh. in part because I didn't want the feeling of restriction of being an employee. Yes. So the part of your identity that stayed the same was you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. No matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know once that's, once you have that, very hard to go back. Yes, for sure. Very hard. Okay. So what happened next? Uh, What happened next? So I created um, a program around teaching people how to network effectively, like how to go to networking events and meet people that could bring you opportunities, whether that was clients or referrals or whatever. Because when I started that first business, I had to learn how to do that. And I, I called it like networking for quiet people because I didn't want to use the term introvert because there's so much baggage attached to and so much misconception around what introvert, extrovert, all that. Um, but for people who would feel anxious going, walking into a room full of people you don't know, and how do you manage that situation? How do you manage what you do before you get to an event and when you're there? And then the follow-up part that most people fall down on, whether you feel comfortable in a room or not. And so totally, I created this program and was out talking about this and then pandemic and nobody's going anywhere. So (laughs) time to figure out what I'm going to do now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, first of all, that idea is brilliant. And I mean, obviously, you're an entrepreneur to see a need like that and to capitalize on your skills and to think of them as transferable, which is another thing that especially midlife women aren't thinking about this transferable skill thing and the visibility piece that discomfort. So what a what a great idea. But pandemic. Yeah. But pandemic. Yeah. So interesting. So we'll, I can move to where I went next, but I just, I'm just re-releasing that program as a, an online course. Excellent. Yeah. Great it's idea. Even, even more pieces attached to it. It's even better than ever. Oh my so, God. Yeah. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So then I pivoted, if you will, like I, that word's kind of overused, but that's what I did. Somebody reached out to me, somebody I knew from before when I was doing the gratitude cookies reached out to me and said, Hey, would you be willing? We're doing a series of presentations and would you be willing to do one on gratitude? I said, sure. This was around April of 2020 when nobody knew what was going on and like, Oh yeah. It was April 2020. Oh yeah. Yeah. That we were freaking. Right. (laughs) No vaccine. Like it was a freaky time. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Nobody knew how long we were going to be stuck inside all that. Uh, yeah. So I, I put together a presentation on gratitude and that kind of pulled me back into the whole talking about gratitude again. Now, why did they ask you about gratitude? Was it because of the cookies? Yeah. Because when I had the, that business, the cookie business, I was also out speaking about using gratitude in business and using gratitude as a differentiating factor in your business. Oh my God. See, I talk about this. You're on the right path thing all the time because people typically don't believe it. They think, well, no, that job sucks. I just want to move on from it. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see how it's all connected. And here it is. Yeah. But again, you don't yeah. have a clear picture of everything yet, but you can, there's energy here. It's happening. Right. And this is why also it's so important to find a good coach 
who can see these things in yourself that you can't see. You can't see because you're in it. A fish doesn't see that it's in water. Same concept. So getting a good coach and doing like what you're doing and what I'm doing, that is so key to finding your your right path. It's so or, true because you yeah, really don't, you don't see it. it. And that's why coaches have coaches, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. very well aware of when I'm in my stuff and I don't see it. And yeah, um, that's and a great I, point. I love that. I love knowing that I, I will, I know how to get out of this. If I'm struggling, I'll just get help and I know exactly who to call. You know, mm-hmm. I just love that. Yeah. After I got pulled back into that whole talking about gratitude thing, I created a five day gratitude experience. That was around the time everybody was creating these challenges on Facebook. And I thought, we're pretty challenged right now. We don't think we need another <laughs> challenge. How about an experience? And I created a gratitude experience. And that was that. like, from then on, I'm back into gratitude again, talking about gratitude and sharing the concepts. Wow. All right. So tell me all about gratitude and why you think it's such a big deal. Why is it so important? Because most oh of gosh. us, most of us have heard somewhere along the line, it's important, but tell us, why really it's important. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. You're getting me started. (laughs) So I mentioned a little bit earlier about, we were talking about our moms, about still being here, but just in a different energetic form. So we are all energy. Everything is energy and gratitude is the highest energetic vibration that there is. It's with love and joy and gratitude. Like they're all essentially like the same. So if you are living in this highest energetic vibration, you are then attracting to yourself things that are at that vibration. The things that you say you would like to have, but feel like you don't have, they're at that higher vibration. So when you get yourself into that higher vibration by feeling gratitude and feeling love and feeling joy, those things are magnetized to you. Wow. So when you're talking about that, what is the image you have personally about that triple whammy of high energy? I don't know that there's a visual. Oh, I, I have a bit of an image as you're talking and it's something around water because hmm. I love whales. So, okay. And I, and I was just on a trip in Baja, California with the whales that I, hadn't done in 30 years. I'd been whale watching all over the place, but that particular trip I went on in 1992. And then I went back for my, in honor of my 60th birthday. So I was really vibrating all over the place a couple of weeks ago. And it's, it was the whales, but it was also just feeling so grateful that I put myself, that I allowed that, that I gave that to myself to be in the water, to be in nature, to be with naturalists, to be with lovely people who also really wanted this experience. Yeah. It was fantastic. So I think I always, like water brings me a lot of joy. And one thing I would love, but I don't know how it's going to happen yet, is to live full time on water. We have a family cottage that's on a lake, but I grew up in the Philadelphia area, the Connecticut area, like I think ocean when I think yeah, water. 
So, um, yeah, that's something I don't have. And I know who knows if it'll happen, but there's something around water that really, really uh, resonates with me or vibrates Uh with me or something like that. That's what I meant with image because I was having an image. Yeah. Nature is, I mean, being out in nature has its own energetic vibration and it's also very high. So, right. Somebody else could have a lake, an image of a lake or trees or forest or something like that. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it and you explained yours, I, in August, I went to, I did a a month long road trip sabbatical with my 19 year old cat. Oh, one of the last places. (laughs) This is great. Yeah. Uh, one of the last places that we went, we spent 10 days on Anna Maria Island, which is the Gulf coast of Florida near Sarasota and Bradenton. And I had not been over there. I lived in on the East coast of Florida. I lived in Palm beach County for 11 years, but hadn't spent much time over on the Gulf coast and Anna Maria Island. I just fell in love with it. And so I have it as a screensaver on my computer. It's on my phone. This picture that I took at sunset on the beach and that, so that image often comes up when I'm thinking about, about oh, that. I love that you did a road trip with your cat. Were you in an RV? Nope. I was in a, a Hyundai Genesis coupe. <laughs> I love that. You know, that reminds me of when, uh, when I moved to my first job, like after grad school, Uh huh. I remember being so scared to move to the big city of Toronto. And, and I had my 19 year old. Oh no, he wasn't 19 then. He lived to 20, but no, he was much young. He was young then. I had my cat and I remember being in the Honda Civic and it was a 1980 Honda Civic and just, um, no prelude. It was a prelude with a sunroof. That's what it was. Okay. And Uh I remember the drive feeling so scared but so proud and so happy that I had my cat to share it with because he was so consistent. And then of course he, he was incredibly consistent because he lived until 20. So there is something about sharing a transitional experience with a pet. Yeah. There's really something to that. Wow. Absolutely. I wrote about that, um, that journey a bit in, I contributed to a book. I, contributed a chapter to a book called Love Warriors, The Conscious Expert's Guide to Healing, Joy, and Manifestation. Oh, can we link to that? Sure. Yeah. I will link to that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's more about that story in in that chapter. Oh, I'm totally reading that. (laughs) Yes. It was the trip of a lifetime for both of us. So sorry, I interrupted. You were talking about why gratitude is so important. Yeah. So, so it's that energetic, that high energetic vibration that you get yourself into. Uh, the other things that, that gratitude does is it strengthens the neural pathways in your brain and it causes the release of those feel good chemicals, serotonin, dopamine, uh, what's the other one? Oxytocin. So it also can reduce physical pain in part because it's releasing those chemicals. So when you're in a state of gratitude, you are feeling less pain, physical pain. Oh, that never occurred to me. That's fascinating Mm -hmm. because that's a time where you're really probably not feeling that grateful (laughs) when you're in a lot of pain. And when you can redirect your attention 
because where your attention goes is what you are generating more of. So if you're focused on feeling the pain, you're going to feel more pain. If you focus on feeling gratitude, we have the power to change our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings, physical feelings in our body can be changed by what you're thinking about. Wow. And it's that whole concept of what you focus on, you get more of. So a lot of times people are focused on complaining and criticizing. More of that shows up in your life. When you're focused on gratitude, more of that shows up in your life. Uh, I have this exercise that I do with clients. It's called the, but I'm grateful for exercise. And so when you are finding yourself complaining or criticizing part of the human experience, we're going to do it. Catch yourself and say, but I'm grateful for, and switch your, switch your focus. Even when you don't feel it. I love that because when you have a tool like that, you just have to remember you have your tool and trust your tool and it will help you even when you don't feel like it. (laughs) Yeah. And there's always something to, you can find to be grateful for. If you think you don't have anything in your life to be grateful for, call me. I will help you find it. Oh my God. You know, so I'm just getting over COVID and even at the beginning of it, I I was so scared and I tried so hard to avoid this. And it was the first time I got COVID. Um, but I was so grateful for all the vaccines and so grateful for the medicine. And also I had one funny little thought. <laughs> I'm in the back of my house. My office is one little section of the whole back of my house. And um basically I just hibernated back here. And I started to think, wow, I'm get really getting sick of being back here. But wait, this is twice the size of my first apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm looking around going, yeah, that apartment was really tiny. That one that my cat and I moved to. And uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, this this space is at least two times larger, maybe more. Well, I got nothing to complain about. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Now, so you just find the gratitude where wherever you can. Definitely. Now, I know that gratitude has received um, a lot of research lately. It's becoming very evidence-based. What can you share about that? Uh, I mean, there's been all these, like you said, all this research and science around how it reduces physical pain, how it boosts your emotional health, how it helps uh, helps you sleep better, which is another thing for women in midlife that is the sleep. If The more you can generate that feeling of gratitude, again, because it's changing the chemical state of your brain and you are, so it, it helps create a better um, state of sleep. Because the other thing too, when we're talking about it's boosting the the feel good chemicals, it's also reducing cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So it's got that inverse effect. Thinking about sleep with gratitude, I never made that connection before. That is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And because it reduces cortisol, it increases the effectiveness of your immune system. That is so I mean, good. maybe not. May, yeah, there's that's the correlation. Yeah, I don't know no, that, I, that that it's specifically because it's reducing cortisol, but it would make sense that that's what's happening. Um, but yeah, it does increase. It enhances. Uh, so it builds resilience, and it it can enhance your relationships because you're feeling a different energetic level 
you're not angry and resentful. So it makes sense again that you would, it would, you would have better relationships. It does make sense because you have to think differently to create that feeling of gratitude. So those different thoughts are not going to be, wow, he's so annoying. It's going to be perhaps he's annoying and so helpful or something like that, that would just put you into that different space. He's, He's doing something annoying, but I'm grateful that he's in my life. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, so congrats. That's the, to your, what you just said there, gratitude can actually change the way you see the world and yourself. And Wayne Dyer had a quote that when you change what you look at, the things you look at change. Oh, I love that. Um, this, the, what you were saying about sleep, just finding so profound because when you can't sleep, either because you're spinning, or your hormones are out of whack or whatever, that's a perfect time that you can run some of these, uh, this gratitude exercise that actually gives you something to do. Yeah. Well, you're changing your state, your brain state. Yeah. Right. Which changes everything. So it's funny that you talk about running, um, it's, you know, a loop in your head. Well, not the spinning, but running something that is more productive. Right. And you are, trying to fall back asleep. Cause I have done that when what I run in my head is I am loved and I am blessed. Mm. And just keep that thought running through my head. And then I usually can. Fall oh, that's good. That. And, you know, going back to that first, those first few months of COVID, I was having a lot of anxiety and I remember running on purpose. Everything's okay. Now mm-hmm. everything's okay. Now. And that really, really helped me. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, it is. These things that we are telling ourselves, whether you are running negative loops or positive loops, they're all true. You, Your brain will make them true. Totally. Fear, fear is not like, I'm going to say fear is not real when you start breaking it down spiritually and everything, but it feels real. And so when it feels real, that's what, again, more of that shows up in your life run the positive loops feels better. It feels way better and you can control it. Yeah. You have more control than you believe. Absolutely. So how, what are some tips to remind yourself about gratitude? Cause you know, we're just like busy spinning, doing, doing all the stuff we've been talking about with productivity focus and everything. How can you actually train yourself to bring more gratitude in on purpose? So that, but I'm grateful exercise is one really powerful way. Excellent. And that you can implement that right now. Nothing to do there. The, another great exercise. So when I was running the gratitude, the gratitude cookie business, I had a mentor, Paul, and he, so apparently I wasn't very grateful at the beginning of when I started that business (laughs) and he called me out on it and he challenged me to read Chapter seven in the book, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. Are you familiar with it? No, but I will the put book. the link in the show notes. Okay. So it's, it, it was written in like the 1930s. It's, you can find it. If you do an internet search, you can find it online. It's out of, it's like free. You can find it for free. Uh, it's in public domain. That's what I was looking for. So chapter seven is on gratitude. 
the the chapters are super short, like three or four pages. And he said, Lori, I'm going to challenge you to read chapter seven twice a day for the next 30 days. Wow. Okay, Paul, I'll do that. (laughs) And I did it. I did it. And it's really profound how what was written almost a hundred years ago is so relevant to today. And at the end of 30 days, I tell the story because I had the gratitude cookies. I'm like, I got a call from the editors at Oprah magazine and they wanted to put the gratitude cookies in Oprah's favorite things. And yes, that, that face, that's what I get. My face on on Zoom, my jaw is dropped. Oh my God. That's not really what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And in all honesty, nothing happened. Nothing that you could tell had happened except a few months later, my husband at the time and I were driving home from Thanksgiving dinner at a friend's house and smoke started pouring out of the front of my car. And we managed to pull off the highway and roll into this gas station that was right there at the exit and call a tow truck. I, instead of what I normally would have happened is I can't believe this is happening. This is sad. like hair on fire, right? Have you ever been there? Uh, no, not me. There's something wrong nope. with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I figured, I figured it was just me. Right. All the time, except, my friend. <laughs> except in this situation, I immediately went to gratitude and thought, oh, thank goodness we were able to get off the highway safely. Thank goodness that we are only five miles from home. Thank goodness a tow truck is coming to get us at 1130 at night on Thanksgiving. Wow. And that is where I really noticed the difference. Wow. Very powerful stuff. All the right. irony of the fact that it was Thanksgiving is not lost on me. <laughs> oh, my God. It was lost on me until you pointed it out. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right. There's so much good stuff here. How can people get a hold of you? Because I know you have a podcast, too. So give us mm-hmm. give us those coordinates, please. Yeah. The podcast is called Fine is a Four-Letter Word. And the website is zenrabbit.com. So you can find everything at zenrabbit.com, the links to all my socials, everything. It's just easier to just go there. It, that's great. And also there is a great free resource there called Five Easy Ways to Start Living the Sabbatical Life. It's a free guide and you should definitely download that. Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun laughing and crying with you. (laughs) I'm still a little congested from that. Yeah. (laughs) My pleasure, Susie. It was really, really fun. Thank you. Okay, that's it for this episode. Lori's story had so much to it, and I'm sure gave you a lot to think about. I was fascinated by the way she determined when it was time to close her business and make a pivot. Even though she didn't know what it would be, she clearly had to lean into all that heavy-duty emotion to keep moving forward, even with all that uncertainty. And I I want you to really think about this and how it relates to you. When I was dealing with making a big decision when I was stuck, I had so much fear and I did not do a good job of leaning into that negative emotion (laughs) and it really kept me stuck. And that's the thing. If you don't lean into it, you're going to stay stuck and confused But when you lean into it and take a step forward, that is the way that you start making decisions and keep moving forward. And that ultimately gives you way more information 
and feedback and ideas and introductions to new people. And it's like so many good things come of moving forward like that rather than staying stuck. So when she was telling that story, I was thinking back to when I was stuck and how much resistance and confusion I had about that negative emotion. Now, that was a long time ago for me, 10 years ago, but it happened. And that's what came up right away as she was talking uh, through what happened to her. Now, the other thing is, her story also really illustrates a common theme in this podcast, that you're already on the right path. You can see that with her gratitude cookie experience. Even though that idea didn't ultimately turn out the way she originally planned, it was an amazing training ground for her to keep growing forward in a way that was totally in alignment with her interests and passions, especially incorporating meditation, something that she'd been doing for years and something that her mother had the foresight to introduce to her when she was so young. Lori was clearly on the right path all along, and you probably are too, actually, but you just may not see it yet. Okay, so as you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. It's really all about coaching you to become more intentional and to incorporate mindfulness into your life as a regular practice. And mindfulness is the key ingredient to regret-proofing your life. This is how you put yourself on your agenda. So my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and excited about your life again. But being stuck can be rough. It doesn't have to mean that you're completely immobilized, though. <laughs> it could just be that you're not where you want to be in your life in general or your business. Or maybe it's the intersection of the two. Another common reason you might feel off is that you're just too darn busy and have no work-life balance. The bottom line is that you know you're meant for more and you don't want to waste valuable time. So if you're ready to make some important changes and want to be way more clear about what you want and how to get there, I can totally help. You just have to learn the skills to move forward, and you can do that with some masterful coaching, a top-notch curriculum, an infusion of creativity, and a warm, fun, and awesome community of like-minded women. I would love to help you create the success you're craving. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy. You can absolutely be more fulfilled than ever before. So email me your questions, and let's talk about it. Go ahead and book your momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 299. And if you're interested in applying to be a guest of my new upcoming podcast, Women in the Middle Entrepreneurs, head over to www.midlifeinterviews.com and apply. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week.